Okay, and welcome to the Poke Experience. I'm your host, Kevin Smith. And I'm Jack Cormier. And we are glad to uh, have Drew Watson in here with us today from Southeastern University. He's the athletic director there. And before we get started, Drew, I want to just welcome you to the Poke Experience. Thank you, uh, Kevin and Jack. I, I really am honored to be here um, and great to sit down and talk with you guys. Great. Well, it's, we'll, we'll ask you that same question at the end of this, <laughs> yeah. and hopefully you have the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as we were kind of getting prepared for today's conversation and, and talking with you, and we had a lot of information that Jack provided, so I, I just want to read through some of this because I think some of the people that are listening to us would be interested in all of these things that you've accomplished, and, and I would consider it to be a very short time because you're obviously younger than I am. So let's, you came to uh, you came to Southeastern University in 2011 as the uh, as a head basketball coach. In 2012, you were named uh, the AD and served in both roles from 13 and 14. Then you became the NAIA AD of the Year in 2019. Uh, you also went from Southeastern University went from having 134 athletes in eight sports to 430 athletes in 18 sports in the time that you've been there. Um, the NAIAD of the year from 2013 and 14, 2015 and 16, 2018 and 19. Did you let anybody else participate? Yeah. Um, you got the Bernie Little Sports Executive of the Year Award in 2015 and the NACTA Under Armour, um, NACTA Under Armour Athletic Director of the Year in 2017 and 19. So, Drew, that's a pretty accomplished career and you're just kind of getting started. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I, I am, I would say I'm blessed. You know, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of ADs out there around the country who have some, some great ideas. They have great work ethic and integrity, but they're not in institutions that have the administration that supports athletics uh, and gives it the resources that, that um, a department like mine needs to be successful. And so uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be in the right, right, right spot at the right time. Um, you know, I, I came from an institution that, um, you know, really cheerleaded athletics, but didn't support us the way that we needed to be supported. So, you know, I land in Lakeland uh, in 2011. And, um, you know, funny thing is, I when they interviewed me, they asked me if I ever wanted to be an AD again, because I had been that up north. And I, I literally, I just laughed and said, no, no, I, I, I don't ever want to get in that, that world again. A year later, uh, I was the AD at Southeastern, as you, you said, 2012. So, you know, I, those those accolades are great, but they're really a, really a reflection of a great staff uh, and administration and Dr. Ken Engel, Dr. Chris Owen, who's my boss, is the executive vice president, uh, who who gets behind what we do. And then, of course, our coaches are, are just phenomenal. Great group of head coaches, uh, our, our staff, athletic communications. I mean, you've worked with Donnie yep. Smith. He's phenomenal. Fantastic. Uh, my administrative staff. I mean, it takes a whole team to do what Southeastern's doing right now in athletics. Right. And so really blessed to, to be surrounded by some good folks. Well, and the roles of head coach and AD are completely different, right? Yes. You did both of them for a while. I got to imagine that's kind of tough. Yeah. Well, my whole career, I as as I stepped into an athletic administration, I was always coaching besides that first year at Southeastern. So that in 2011-12, I was the women's basketball coach and that was it. But every other year of my career that I've been in athletic administration has been a dual role as a coach as well. So I'm kind of used to it. But what I didn't what I didn't 
realize until I stepped out of the coaching role was how much coaching was was inhibiting my ability to lead as an athletic director because there's so many hours and there's just so many hours in a day so what I didn't you know and people would ask me hey what's it like doing both do you feel like it takes away oh no no it's great you know you can you can do both you can do both well and I think you can do both well but I don't think you can maximize either being a coach or an AD doing both and so the year that I stepped out what I realized was and it, and it was really it was it was a blessing that Dr. Owen said you've got to choose because at the time we were starting football uh, and there's no way that I could have coached and and led an athletic department with football and so what I realized that first year of not coaching was I had so much more time to invest in the relationships in my department so times when I'm I'm, I'm just nose down in a report in, in whatever as a, as a coach AD, I now had a little bit more margin in my day to get out in the office and see how folks were doing. Uh, I, I, for the first time in my career, I set up regular meetings with my head coaches. Uh, and so uh, up to that point it was, let's, let's grab, grab Drew when we can pop my head and Hey, do you have five minutes? Right. You have five minutes typically turns into you have 15, 20 minutes because it's just the nature of the business. So, I, you know, I, I, what I didn't realize when I was in both, I quickly realized when I was just the AD is that uh, a tremendous amount of work that's to be done at, at in my position. Uh, but you can do it at such a deeper level when you're not distracted by another job. And it's, and on the coaching side, it really wasn't fair to the, the student athletes because they were the only team on campus at the time who had a full-time head coach that wasn't full-time. Uh, if we had practice at four and the vice president called and said, I need to see you at 3.30, you know, my assistant coach has to take practice till I'm back. And that's just not fair to the student athletes at yeah. that, that point. So, Well, and, and it, it, it's a lot of leadership on the AD side, especially like you, you started so many new sports. I mean, from 134 athletes to 430 and then 10 sports, um, including football, which yeah. has got to be just an endeavor all on its own. Is that a, a pretty big challenge starting a football program? Yeah. And, and and keep in mind that I didn't have, I was never at a football school before this happened. So, okay. so actually in the, in the hiring process, I said to, to Dr. Owen, when he asked me if I was gonna put my, my I hat in the ring for AD uh, when I was interim, uh, I said, no, we really need an AD who's been through the football experience. And, uh, and this is just the way Southeastern, the way that we think. Uh, he looked at me and said, I don't, I don't wanna hear that. If you think you can do the job, put your hat in the ring. And so just having leadership behind you like that, that empowers you to, to be who you believe you can be and calls those things out in you is such an encouragement. But, you know, football is a, is a tremendous um, undertaking. I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous undertaking when you, when you step into it in, a, in, a, in an already existing program. But when you're starting from scratch, um, you know, and you're learning along the way like I was, you know, it's 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 a lot. Uh, but when you've got, as I said, when you got an administrative administration who's supportive, when you commit to a philosophy of we've got to have the right guy in the head coach's chair. And when you have that that guy, it makes it a whole lot easier because then you're partners with the head coach, the head football coach in bringing about a program that you can all be proud of. You're not at, at, at odds. And you're and you were literally like building that plane while you were flying it too. correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. And, and that's that in itself is a challenge. 
And especially, I guess, from the commitment of student athletes. You were a student athlete, right? Yes. Because we got the notes here. Right? So I, yeah. I'm asking you things. I, you're a student athlete, baseball player. Baseball. I'm baseball and base- basketball. Yep. I'm a baseball guy. He's a baseball guy. Jack's a baseball guy yeah. as well. So, uh, you know, this, this is great. We got a whole room full of old yeah, baseball old, guys old here. Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was a pitcher, so I don't know if I actually qualify for I was going to say, and, and I can tell you that uh, I probably gave up as many home runs as Drew hit his entire <laughs> career. So uh, I, I gave up that many. We played Florida State when I was a freshman or sophomore or something, and I remember pitching in that game, and, and they were just like, Remember that that uh, tent they used to have out in right field in, at Florida State? It was a big circus tent they had out in the in right field. They must have rained about a dozen baseballs down <laughs> yeah. off of that thing. It was crazy. But um, being a student athlete is is completely different, right, than anyone else on campus. So that leadership that you you put forward as an athletic director, how does that engage the students? How does how does that work with with uh, their development as athletes and students? Students first. Well, I, I think any any school, whether it's Division One down through NAI, JUCO, uh, is if you're doing it right, you've got that as your number one focus. We've got to develop young men and women through the through the game, through athletics, to be the best they can be, and, and really pr- prepare for them for life. Uh, you know, I think at Southeastern, we've 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 also got the spiritual component. You know where. Um, you know, if you're talking recruiting as fishing, we're fishing from a little smaller pond because we can't just bring in anybody. And so uh, what we what we strive to do is 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 be transformative in the way we approach our student athletes. So create for them experiences where they're going to grow and be stretched as individuals. And, you know, I, it's a it's a long time ago for the three of us. But being 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, I, I just remember. I was a knucklehead and I just, I just made so many decisions that were contrary to the person I wanted to be. So I'm saying this is what, who I want to be. But then on the other side of things, I'm doing things that aren't consistent with that. So for me, my, my coaches in, in high school and college were, were unbelievable in, in just diving into those moments and just teaching me, you know, is, is this just showing me throwing up the magnifying glass, okay, examine this. Is this consistent with who you say you want to be? And the answer quite often for me was no. And so, so for us, you know, I, I like to hire coaches who don't kind of rush by moments like that. Because if you're rushing by moments like that, you're missing a tremendous opportunity to engage in a, in a difficult moment for a student athlete and help them grow into the, the person they're going to be. You know, I think a lot of coaches, unfortunately, take the approach that you know, I, I don't have time for that. You know, that, that involves a sacrifice of my day and I've got to put aside some X's and O's and preparation stuff for practice. I don't have time for that. Well, when you don't have time for that and you don't have time for it and it keeps athlete after athlete after athlete, all of a sudden you wake up and realize you're not transforming anybody. They're, they're just there to, to, to play sports and, and you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants in a way, so. Yeah, I, you know, and I think, um we talk a lot on this this show about sports and tourism, and that's kind of the basis of who we are. But you know, we we do have a lot of engagement with coaches, and and coaches are you know sports in itself. And I think we all will attest to this. We were all knuckleheads at, at that age, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as yeah. athletes. But um, it's important that you have that right coaching staff, that right coach, that person in your life that 
that does help transform you a little bit into that, yeah. in, in our case, manhood or womanhood, um, to help you transition a lot. I mean, I, I still reach out to my old high school baseball yeah. coach. And those, 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 lessons, <laughs> those lessons continue on. You know, if you have the right coach, the, the, those lessons resonate, you know, throughout their, you know, the, the, the remainder of their adulthood. Because um, as, a, as a coach, what, what are we doing X's and O's wise, okay? We're taking a, a young man or a young woman and saying, I believe you're better than this. I, so let me teach you how to be better. You have my, you know, because I coach women's basketball 15 years, you know, and on the women's side of things, and I'm not trying to be, you know, sex is just the difference between men and women. On the women's side of things, you've got very good athletes who don't believe in themselves. I think on the men's side, it's like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah. there's more com there's more self-confidence there, right. whether it's true or not, right. you know, is, is, is a different <laughs> you question. You look at me and go, well, you're not really. You're not that good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But on the, on the women's side of things, for me, it was always saying, you are better than this. Let me find ways to pull that out of you and really, really showing them a lot. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. And then by the time they're junior and senior, they're going, yes, I believe that I am better than I think I am. Mm -hmm. But it's really about the, the person, too. It's about pulling and more importantly, so pulling the person out that we all can be, you know, and so, so and that's that's hard work. You mentioned, you know, coaches. I mean, coaches are slammed. They've got they, they don't have a lot of time. And it really takes a lot of intentionality and, and focus to, to, to notice those moments and then to have the willingness to step into them. So, Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's important to have uh, coaches. I've met over my years of doing this and, and beyond and uh, some fantastic coaches and then yeah. met some that aren't so fantastic because they're more concerned with the X's and O's. And, and the wins and losses than they are the athletes. Right. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things, especially in the age, uh, as we, we go into this business that we do, that's centered a lot around um, kids who are practicing to become college athletes yeah. and students, uh, that they get lost in a scholarship chase and not in the academic chase right. that results in the scholarships. So I, I know it's difficult, like you said, you have a smaller pool to recruit from, but you know there's some fantastic athletes that are out there, um, and and we do kind of get lost in that. I think it's sometimes where we're just as as parents of athletes, sometimes you get lost in. I want my kid to get a scholarship. Yeah. I want him to get a scholarship. And you folks, you folks lead by example. I mean, that's one thing that's impressed me with your staff. I, from from uh, was the food giveaway recently that you yeah. folks participated in, and and you you're leading from the front. So you know, tell us uh, about that philosophy. Well, one of one of the core values of the NAI is servant leadership. And so, you know, that that was ingrained into my DNA as a student athlete. My head coach uh, back in college, you know, would never ask you to do something or the assistant coaches to do something he wasn't willing to do himself. And and you can talk about that all day, but unless you're willing to model it, it's really not going to stick. People are going to look at, you know, coach preaches this, but he doesn't really back it up in the way he lives. So, you know, one of the first things that that we were faced with when the covid uh, crisis hit was okay, we're athletics, we're, we don't have any sports. Okay, so what's gonna be our focus? Well, the student athletes gotta be our main focus, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna try and encourage them to do two things, buckle down their studies, make this adjustment to online learning in a successful way. And then, and then as, as folks who have lived life longer than they have, 
remind them or teach them that adversity comes and goes and you, you, you generally, it generally passes and there's no reason to get bogged down in it. But, but for our staff, uh, we just, we just took kind of a philosophy of, you know, if, if we're going to be, if we're going to, if we're going to preach a servant leadership and focus on others uh, approach, then we've got to model that. So we reached out to Visti uh, in the first week that this hit and said, Hey, do you need any help? And it just so happens that there, a lot of their volunteers that deliver hot meals are elderly and we're not feeling comfortable about being out. So we're still doing that on Tuesdays and Thursdays until their volunteer force gets back. And it's a, it's a great opportunity for, for me and the staff because we get to go door to door. And I remember one, one lady in particular, I knock on the door, she opens, I say, how you doing today? Not so sure. Mm. What's going on? You know, what, what, you know so you, you have a two or three minute conversation and just bring some, some light into somebody's life. And so it's not just a meal, it's a, it's a conversation and, and just seeing another face for these folks who, you know, quite often are alone know most of the time so it's been incredibly rewarding for me and the staff and uh, to be able to do that and i think you know my a number of my staff has said hey when this thing's over can we still do this and and absolutely we we're going to look at continuing to do it and there's people on my staff who just uh, aren't aren't comfortable with doing it who have said if we continue this i want i want in at a at a time when i feel more comfortable yeah yeah did you think as a kid growing up outside of philadelphia that you would find yourself down here as an AD at some point. I mean, tell us, growing up outside of Philly, Philly's fan. Philly's guy, right? I am, I'm, I'm all Philly sports. My wife works for the Phillies, so oh, yeah. I'm great. a Phillies guy now too, Okay. So, yeah. All right, welcome to the fold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're a little younger than we are, so Schmidt and Carlton, Schmidt or? Carlton. Uh, Von Hayes was my favorite player growing okay. up. Okay, okay. I don't know if you yeah. guys remember yeah. him. Yeah, outfielder. Yeah, he was an outfielder, tall, lanky outfielder yep. like myself at that age. And yeah. When I was when I was in college and high school, uh, but he impressed upon me. You know, I was at a game. I was at the game where he hit two homers in the first inning. Yeah. And the Phillies scored twenty six runs that night to crush the the hated Mets at <laughs> so. the vet. So, but no, I mean, Jack, I, I think you know, and and it, and now that I've lived here for nine years, I, I've got a, such an appreciation for this area, and uh, and I would would not I would not live anywhere else. I mean, I I I, I don't like the summers. It's it's pretty hot. It's hot. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. when I can drive to work in mid January with my sunroof open and you know call my brother up in Philly and say, hey, how's the weather up there? And he hangs up on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I you know growing up, um, you know, and being in Florida for you know visiting Disney or coming for for vacation and whatnot, you know, and, th and this is kind of you know God's sense of humor again. I always say I I have told people prior to 2011 I would never live in Florida. It's, oh, it's too hot. It's this, it's that. I find myself in 2011, here I am, Florida resident, living in Polk County, um, enjoying Lakeland. And it, it has it has grown on me. I, I love our community and I love the, the closeness of it. That's something you don't have in a big city. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. you know, whether you're in the city or in the suburbs, it's just not, you know, people are kind of, you know, there's some community, but it's, it's, it's just unique here. And yeah. I really enjoy that aspect of it. Yes, that is one of the things that we do have here in this area is the uniqueness of our area, the different different things that you can do here. Um, you, you mentioned Von Hayes. 
back way back before I started doing this, I used to be in the air conditioning business and I put the air conditioning in Von Hayes' house. You did. In Pinellas <laughs> County. I tapped on the door and I won't tell you where he lives in, in Pinellas <laughs> County, but I know where it is. And it's in the southern part of Pinellas County. I tapped on the door, comes to the door, he's standing there in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. And I was looking at him, I'm like, I think I know you. He goes, <laughs> well, I'm Bon Hayes. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, a great yep. guy. He was fantastic to deal with, you know, didn't try to beat me up or get a discount. And he was just uh, good. He was just a good all around guy. That's nice for yeah. me to hear. That's, yeah. That's my yeah. childhood. Yeah, no, fantastic man. Yeah. But, um, you know, so. In, in working through, and again, my wife works at Philly, so that's uh, what does she do? Place. She's the chef for the um, the spring training facility. Oh, that's over great! There. Yeah, so she does does all the cooking up there, which is why I'm on a diet right now. <laughs> Too much of the uh, the uh, virus uh, pounds I'm putting on. But you mentioned a little bit about the uh, the pandemic and what you guys are going through. How how are the student athletes adjusting to that? How they uh, and what's 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 it look like coming back for them? You know, I think it's like any group of people. You've got you've got some of them who are who are scared out of their mind. There's some that are, you know, on the on the complete other end of the spectrum, just blowing it off. It's just a joke. Um, and then I think the most of them are in the middle. Uh, we hired a women's soccer coach a few weeks ago, Alan Berrios, and I had the honor of of introducing him to the team on Zoom. You know, normally it'd be in person. Um, actually, normally in the summer it would be over email. Uh, but uh, we had this opportunity to Zoom with the team. And I think what I got from that meeting was, A, they were excited to have a head coach and have some direction in the program uh, moving forward. Uh, but I got a lot of, they are just restless. They are ready to get out. They are ready to, to, for life to return to whatever normal is going to look like. Uh, but they don't want what, what it is now. They want to get out of their houses. They want to get back to working out, preparing for a season. And I think, I think, they're kind of going in stages like the rest of us. So the, the initial shock, then they're trying to adjust to online learning. They get in that groove and now it's over. And so now they're like, well, what do I do? And a lot of them were saying they, they aren't motivated. And so when Southeastern decided um, three, three or so weeks ago that we're gonna have in-person learning on starting on September 2nd, uh, I was I was quick to put, I think I might've been, I might've gotten that out on Twitter before the university did because I thought it was so important for people to, to get that information and to hear, oh, there's a date. There's a date that I can be excited about where I can return to normal, again, whatever that's gonna look like. And, 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 and that's exactly what happened. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Twitter king by any stretch of the imagination, but I think I got probably more likes and retweets on that one tweet than I had for anything I'd put out you know, in, the, in the past six months. And just because just people are excited. Yeah. And so right now, as, as an athletic department, I think any athletic department around the country is trying to figure out a way that we're going to come back, come back safely uh, with some common sense. And uh, we are we are working right now on, on trying to figure out a way to get the football team on campus at the end of June right. to, um, you know, and, that, and that's not only football, is to get them situated with their class registration, get them situated with student success and student services, ID cards, meal plans. Uh, you know, because if we can knock that out now, then when they come back in August, that's that's things we don't have to worry about. So, you know, I think one of the concerns is that that they have not been able to get gyms. They haven't been lifting. They haven't been working out. I mean, they're right. doing what they can. Right. But 
the difference between that and as a high high level college athlete, what you need the shape you need to to maintain, I don't think that's been maintained. So, one of our uh, our focuses here is an acclim- acclimatization period where they get back, they they lift, they start running, they say, and so we don't we don't overexert them in in in, in August when it's really hot here. Yeah, yeah, especially football. You know, yeah. if you think about a yeah. sport where it's it's pretty easy to hurt yourself. Uh, when you're in great shape, yeah, um, yeah, let alone, yeah. So that's one of the, that's one of the things we're working through now. Is you know, if we bring them back June 27th, we might be one of the first. We will be one of the first in the country to bring a team back on campus. So we're working through you know what the what that looks like. How are we going to keep them safe, the coaches safe, and still get done what we're what we need to get done. So. You know, no helmets, no pads during yeah. that week, but it's going to be some workouts and just you know, get getting some offense and defense and still and all that. Has anyone given you any guidance on what football looks like on the other side of this? NAIA, anyone? No, I think that's that's what's up in the air, right? Yeah. You know, because football is football. You're not, yeah, right. You can't social distance offensive linemen and yeah. defensive linemen. That's well, can't play football. Uh, I, right. you know, so. As somebody who, who uh, wound up being a fullback for uh, for a couple of years, I would have liked it if he had some social distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not flag, yeah. you, know? Yeah. you know. But even in flag, yeah. you got to get close you to the flag. Close to but yeah. I think I think at some point, you know, athletics or not, we're all going to have to become comfortable with a certain level of risk, and you know, and that's a sensitive topic to talk about. But we yeah. we are comfortable with the risk of driving a car. We're comfortable with the risk in so many different areas. We're comfortable with the risk of eating fast food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you eat enough fast food, your health is going to get to the point where you're you're going to be worried about heart disease and, and some other things. So, you know, I think we're going to have to get there. One one when we get there, I don't know. I think yeah. it's obviously it's it's different for different folks, but you know, we think it's important to to try and get our kids back. And you know, I think one of the benefits of that is really a dry run for the fall. We've got, we, we're looking at, we're almost going to have almost 500 athletes on campus in the fall. Well, we, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult to bring 500 athletes back at once. So this really gives us a dry run to, you know, and so, so as the phases go with this, with the governor and the state and the health department, you know, I think some of the things that we're going to ask of our student athletes at the end of June won't be in place. Yeah. In August. Right. Yeah. right. But if we're going to be one of the first, we've got to make sure our, our ducks in a row and, and we've we've done everything we need to do to keep those kids safe. Right. You, you have to try it and then you have to learn from it. Right. Yep. That's that's kind of how it how you go about these things. Mm-hmm. And I know the NAIA and the NCAA and all everyone is, is working on it. We talk to them on a regular basis, uh, different conferences, different national governing bodies. And everybody's kind of saying the same thing. Well, we're working on it. We're trying yeah, to, figure, trying it to out. figure it out. We're trying to figure it out. And then eventually someone's going to just have to try it and see how it yeah. works Somebody's out. Somebody's got to go first. Someone's yeah. got to go, yeah. yeah. go first. That's well, exactly and right. to answer your question, Jack, the NAI just yesterday put out some uh, from the Athletic Trainers Association, some recommendations. But I, as I'm reading through it, it's nothing radical. Yeah. You know, it's just it's yeah. it's common sense stuff where if we're dealing with COVID-19, you're going to have to take precautions with yeah. surfaces and and masks in some cases and scenarios. And you you have to be, you know, cognizant of the fact that you've got students coming not only from coast to coast, but internationally as well. Um, You know, one thing with Southeastern, a lot of international athletes. And that's something we're looking at at now. We've got a tennis player from Italy. We've got golfers from Colombia. You know, how are we going to get them back and get them back safely? 
in their experience where they were. Right. You know, right. you right. the experience in Italy, far different than the experience in Florida, yep. far different than the experience in Detroit yeah. or New York or, you know, it, it, it. What's interesting is that, and I was surprised at this, that the tennis player we have who's from, uh, from Italy, she, as soon as, as soon as we went online, she went back to Italy. Wow. And so, so I, you know, as, 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 as an American who's watching the media coverage on Italy, I'm like, why would she go back? Yeah, yeah, right? you'd think you'd yeah. find you know, a cot so, somewhere and just yeah, get here, yeah, yeah. So there was, a, there was a, an instance where I had to email her about some, you know, some, something she was asking me. And, and I said, how are, how are your folks? Oh, they're good. They're good. They're quarantined, just like everybody else, but there's no health issues. You know, and so, you know, so that, that shocked me that she, you know, she could have stayed here. Sure. You know, but she wanted to be home with her folks, and you know. But now the question is going to be getting them back. Yeah, yeah, and getting yeah. them back safely. It's going to be it's going to be a slow rollout, I think, for yeah. for all of this. And you know, even um, here in in Polk County and, and Lakeland and where the college is located, it's such a beautiful campus too. By the way, I, yeah. I went over there when the Czech Republic was here, when mm. the Czech Republic softball team came in, and you guys have some some really great facilities. Um, Thank you. You, you know, it, it's one of these things where you start looking at campuses like Southeastern and you look at how beautiful it is and where it's located and, and the things that you guys have around it. Is it becoming easier for you guys to, to go out and recruit in these athletes and not only athletes, just students? And we start with that, with students. Yeah. And then you bring in the athletes as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one, one of the things that our coaches say is if you've got a, if you've got a, a prospective student athlete on the fence, and do I go to school X or Southeastern, get him to campus, close the deal. Yeah. Uh, one of our coaches, he told me uh, last, actually a couple of years ago, he said, you know, I time my tour. It's a, it's a coach of a women's team. Uh, women are much more interested in sunsets um, than, than our male student athletes. So <laughs> what he, you know, my wife will tell you, she's much more interested in a sunset than I am. Um, but he has timed his tour to hit a certain point of campus when the sun is setting. You <laughs> know, genius. And it's yeah, just it's genius. It, yeah. It's genius. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, our campus sells itself. It's, uh, you know, in fact, when, back in 2004 was actually the second time I was on Southeastern's campus. The first was as a, a student athlete. We played Southeastern at Henley Field, went back to campus to shower to head back to Philadelphia. But uh, the second time I was coaching women's basketball team and drove my my van, my couple vans on the campus. And I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, my, my kids in the back of the van going, coach, no offense, we're transferring. Yeah. This is, this is unbelievable. And that you know. must've been quite a difference between your first time out here. Cause oh I remember goodness. the first time I had seen the camp, I mean, what they've done with it is yeah. amazing. It, yeah. it is palatial and Mediterranean and, and, and welcoming like. and yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the um, first time, honestly, the first time I was there in 1991 as a student athlete, I left there going, who would go here? Like, it was not in good shape. It was, you know, the grounds were in good shape. It looked nothing. Sure. And, and I actually, I actually, when I, when I turned left on the Longfellow when, when the, in 2004, what I'm talking about, I kind of was like, am I in the right place? This yeah. is not <laughs> what I remember from 15 years ago yeah. or yeah. You know, 13 years ago. So... You know, it's we we are blessed, and and um, you know, but but speaking of recruiting, it's been you know it's been interesting. Our recruiting is is actually up. 
from what it was last year and and deposits for the university are up which mm -hmm. is you know which is great considering the the you know 30 million plus unemployed right now in the country but um it's been different because we can't have we don't we haven't had campus visits we can't bring them in that we, right and so we actually had someone produce a, a drone video of our campus because our coaches when when we shut campus down our coaches said well, what what can we do and and they said, we need something more than just our admissions website, which is great. Those folks do a great job, but you know, the, the perspective of an athlete's a little bit different than a regular student. Yeah, right. yeah. sell the facilities, right? So we, we yeah. spent some money uh, getting some drone footage. It's a beautiful video, highlights our campus. You know, but we are, you know, we are actually very blessed, but the coaches are doing a great job recruiting. And uh, we are, like I said, we're up from numbers that we, we saw last year, so. Very I would exciting. imagine you have a percentage of your athletes and, and students that stay here in, in Polk County when they uh, when they graduate too. We they, do. They don't we have a couple here? I think we do. Yeah, no, we've, we we've had a couple of. Um, we've had a couple. We've had, had a, couple a couple come through. Yeah, have come yeah. through here. Yeah, there's been some who have interned here and you know ended up staying. You know, like you're saying, they, they stay in the county. They, they love it here. Uh, from other parts of the country, just sure. never came here and never left. Well, you know, the NAIA experience, I was an NAIA athlete, uh, Flagler. Okay. Um, yeah. Now it's Division Two, but the NAIA experience is just definitely under, under, I think it's not underestimated, but it certainly is not thought of as the NCAAs, twos, threes, and ones. But um, it's a great experience. It can be. Well, we actually, uh, I actually put this out on Twitter. Um, I saw that. Did I, you see I, that yeah, yeah, I love that. But the, you know, the the uh, somebody put out a chart that I that I actually retweeted uh, that that says basically what what others make you think, and it has you know D one, D two, D three, NAI, and the, the junior college, yep. uh, NJCAA, um, all equal. And then the other the comparison is you know D one, D two, NAI equal with D two. And then the NJCAA, and then Division Three, far below that, and uh, and I th I think that's true. I I think that the for what you get at an NAI, you know, I and there's areas of the country that just don't know what the NAI is. Yeah, right. Uh, with the area I come from, I went to right after I got the job here, I went to a, a blue chip event at Penn State um, at State College, and uh, they said, "Are you D two, D three? I said, NAI. What's that?" Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you know, so you have to then explain, you know, and so I, you know, I think we've, 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 at times I think we've undersold ourselves, yeah. you know, and kind of accepted that role of, well, we're, we're, you know, below, I don't, we're not below division three. I, I think we are, we are on par with division two. I think the main difference with D2 and NAI is facilities. Uh, if you go to most D2 schools and you go to the facilities, they're outstanding. Right. And I think, you know, that's where NAI schools are not quite up to snuff with D2, but the competition, you know, when I, I don't know if you saw, Jack, that one of the responses to that tweet was one of our, our men's soccer players who said, you know, I played, while I was a Southeastern, I played, you know, I think he said six or seven D1 or D2 schools, and we won all but five, uh, uh, we won five of them. Yeah. You know, so he's put, like, this is absolutely true. So, sure. yeah. You know, and I, and I think... That, and you, th you think of the level of athlete that you've had come out of yeah. Southeastern. I mean, the, the number of players from the men's baseball team that went on yeah. to minor league yeah. teams. Um, your women's soccer program. Yeah. Unparalleled. Yeah. 
the the amount of success and and Olympians. And I mean, there, is there another program in Polk County that can say that they have a player on their nation's women's soccer team? Yeah. Um, I mean, just. Yeah, and that's a know. tribute to our head coaches of the, the relationships that you have to have, like in women's basketball. Yeah. We we have multiple Division One transfers on on our roster at any given year, but that's because of the relationships that Tim Hayes has with Division One coaches all over mm-hmm. the country who call him and go, "Hey, I got a kid for you. Not quite a fit here. I think she'd be good, you know, for what you guys are doing there." And and really, what we're doing, and we we alluded to this earlier, we're we're trying to bring out what 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 the best in people and really teach them about life. But also when you get student athletes from that level, there's a level of brokenness, you know, from the experience, whether it's life experience or experience at that university they were at, where they come in here and they're just, that we spend the first few months, just let's talk about where you're at. Let's talk right. about where you want to go. And then we'll start, you know, God can start the healing process. And so we've got a lot of a lot of the Division One student athletes who are broken, who are disillusioned with their experience at that level. But our head coaches have the relationships that allow them to, to gain access to some of these opportunities to bring these kids in. And you know, I was just talking to our men's soccer coach, Clay Roberts, who, who also coaches the tropics uh, in town. And, and um, you know, he you know, we're looking at his roster. He said, Drew, this is the best team that I've had since I've been here. I cannot wait to take the field in the fall. But those things, but but the, the interesting backstory to that is in December, I'm talking to him, he's going, you know, we're, we, we might take a step back next year. You know, I'm graduating a lot of my really good players. You know, some future pros are leaving the program. And so we la- we kind of laugh, like how interesting is it that, yeah. you know, five months later, we're sitting here talking about the best team you're ever gonna, you've, you've put on the field while you've been at Southeastern. So. Our head coaches have those relationships and leverage them and, and really provide opportunities for div- former Division One and Division Two athletes, you know, to come and really re-engage with the love of their sport, which I think at some points at those other levels, you, you kind of forget that because it's more of a more of a business, I yeah. want to say. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you put together what, 29 conference titles, 22 individual conference championships and 63 All-Americans. At, an, at a school in Polk County, which we are very proud of, but you got a championship, a national championship, yes. right? Baseball. Yes, finally. Baseball 2018. in 2018. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, I, I think uh, I was talking about this on, on a broadcast a few weeks ago um, that I did with our sports information, our, our athletic communications department. And, and I actually surprisingly got emotional when I started talking about this, I'll try not to do that to you guys today, but <laughs> we've got, we've got some okay. tissues. We got we're tissues. good. We're good. We got <laughs> tissues. We're good. Yeah. But it's, it's because, you know, we, we started looking at NAI in 2007, 2008, became NAI in 2009, started with just a handful of scholarships and really have built our scholarships up to the level that we're, we're getting the type of athletes that we were just talking about. Uh, you know, but, but when you, when you're involved in that process and you're you're working through starting football, you're working through, you know, working with administration, how can we uptick our support of athletics financially, scholarships and whatnot? You're in it. It's it's a it's a job. It's a it's a it's a commitment that you're making every day to continue to make the case of why do we need what I'm asking for? Why do we need what our coaches are asking for? And and as I said, administration will never say no to me 
without a man. We wish we, we wish we could do this. Mm. You know, mm. let's 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 kick this down the road a little bit where we can. But they do everything they can to support it. But so when you when you roll into the 2018 season, and and you start to see your baseball team doing what they what they did that year, uh, and and the year before that, we we were one game from the World Series and and got beaten by one run in, in the first game and then the if necessary game we lost right. to the host school at William Carey. And so that's heartbreaking and then and then that run starts. And so we go uh, to the to the first round of the NAI tournament, we sweep that and we go to the World Series and we sweep all five games in the World Series. It, it was a magical, magical moment. And we're yeah, coming special. up on, on the anniversary of that, the end of May here. Uh, and you know, uh, I think our baseball, our, our baseball program put out a video just of the dog pile today, actually, as kind of a, a, a memory of that time. But you know, I, I, you know, when you're when you're sitting there and, and it's about to happen, and, and by the way, Lewiston, Idaho, does a phenomenal job with the NAIA World Series. You know, it's just it's a it's a it's a town event. You know, the folks come They've out. They've been hosting that for a long time. They have. They I have. think I was in schools. Lewis and Clark University. You, Lewis and Clark. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They they do a great job. And I think for our championship game, which was a school from Lakeland, Florida, a school from Tennessee, mm-hmm. there were like 1,500 people there. Wow. wow. And nice. so, you know, and so we, you know, we roll into that game and, um, you know, I, and we, we beat the defending champ host Lewis and Clark State. Um, you know, and, and, you know, on their own field, um, you know, sent some people home upset that night, but you know, that's okay. It's part of athletics. That's the way it is. Yeah. Um, and and then for me, it it was just as the athletic director, just a culmination of, of years of, of hard work. And, um, you know, we have a hashtag we throw around is, you know, who's next, you know, and I think. Unfortunately, I think we we could have had two teams this year that were next. Women's basketball, I think, was poised to win it, and baseball was was on a twenty six game winning streak yeah. when when the plug was pulled on the wow. season. So they were they were they were ready to go again. Uh, but I'll never forget that night, just the flood of emotions that that hit you. I, I was standing at the third base near the third base dugout in the ninth inning. We've got one out. I look over at our third baseman, Caner uh, Colmenares. And he see, he looks over, sees me, winks and smiles like we got this, and it was just like it was like that was just it was meaningful to me. Yeah. And then when the last out happens, the dog paw happens, you go through the interviews. I walk off the field. My boss, Dr. Owen, was not able to be there that night. He was traveling for the university overseas. He calls me from Sweden, and wow. he goes, "We did it, we did it." And I, yeah, we did it. You know, we both got emotional, and it's, it's awesome. just. You know, it's, you never forget that first. Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget the, the the uniqueness of that first national championship. And hopefully, uh, you know, at, as an athletic director and a coach, you're, you're thinking, you know, is that going to be neat someday? We go, was that the first national championship or was that the the third? You was want to that, get to the point where you can't remember. Yeah, you which can't remember one's which, which one's which. That's where you want to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, as the athletic director, you you know, obviously you have to maintain a certain decorum, but did you want to go jump on the dog pound? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get in there, right? Yeah. That's, you I, had to, I had to maintain a modicum of professionalism. But, right. You know, right. I gave Adrian, our head coach, a big hug, and uh, somebody caught that in a picture that I have. Uh, but, um, you know, you just, just I, and yes, I wanted to. I think he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we maintained, we held ourselves back. But <laughs> it, was, it was a great moment. 
What, what do you love most about your job? Oh, I think I love to watch growth in, in human beings. And uh, it was always my favorite part of coaching. Getting a freshman who's rough around the edges and who's a knucklehead, as we talked about before, who, you know, who, who believes that their sport is the most important thing in their life and they would die without it. And to watch the next four years happen and they, they get it and then they step back and they get a couple other things, they step back, they get a couple. And then by the time they walk down the aisle with their diploma, for their diploma, uh, they're a completely different individual. God's, God's worked, the coach, used the coaches, used adversity, used the highs and lows of sports, you know, to work in their lives and, and create an individual who's ready for that next chapter. You know, when I look back and I, you know, I was 21, 22 when I graduated college, I look back and I go, man, I, I didn't really know anything. But I can tell you I was much better suited to face the world than I was when I got to college because of athletics. And so I'm in a different seat now. I, I get to I get to see it. I'm in like the second row instead of the first row. So I get, but I get to meet with, so I meet with our coaches on a regular basis. I hear the background stories. I hear the, the, the struggles that they have and the things that they're dealing with with their team. And then to see them have success and to see those same student athletes that they're frustrated at an unbelievable level with start to get it. That's my favorite part. In fact, uh, last year, a few years ago, we had a student athlete in cross country who ended up being kicked off the team. He, he had an issue with marijuana and uh, just couldn't shake it and was just a mess. So he gets kicked off our cross country team. He leaves the university because he was gonna get kicked out of the university and just lost, the kid was lost. And, we, and I remember meeting with our cross country coach in my office and he was just broken. How, I, just, I just can't get to this kid. Well, last, last fall, he gets an email from this student athlete who has completely 180'd his life. He's going to a Southeastern campus in, in Ocala. Uh, he's about to get married, he's about to go into, I mean, completely different than the guy that we saw leave Southeastern. And he said, coach, whatever you're doing, continue, continue to invest, continue to deal with guys like me because it pays off. And, and reading that was just, that is the best part of my job is seeing, and I'm getting chills talking about it because it's seeing kids like me when I was that age who are broken, who have no clue what they wanna do or what they're capable of and coaches and, and divine intervention and people that, that are put in your life steer you on that path. And so that, that is by far my favorite. I mean, I love watching teams win. Sure. I love going out to practice because a lot of my job is like behind these reports and it's dealing with the government, dealing with administration. You know, it's not, it's not the, fun, the fun stuff, so right. to speak. Right. But to get out to practice, to watch watch baseball batting practice, or to go out to soccer, or to, to you know, my office overlooks the gym, so I can watch basketball practice from my office. You know, but those 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 are fun moments, to, you know, because it's a reminder of why I do what I do. But you know, the bigger picture is just seeing the difference, seeing the changes, and, and just it's it's remarkable. It's yes. such an honor to be on the front row for that. Drew, yes. we want to thank you for being here on the Poke Experience with us. We've been speaking with uh, Drew Watson, the athletic director of Southeastern University here in Polk County. 
truly one of the jewels of Polk County. And uh, we want to thank you all for listening to us. I'm Kevin Smith, your host. And I'm Jack Cormier. Thank you for attending and keep listening. Thanks, guys.